0: object. This is outrageous. Never have I ever presided of a case so frivolous. This boy has clearly lost his mind.
1: You're not presiding, I am presiding. Counsel, must I remind you again to control your defendant?
0: Careful, I don't want to hold you in contempt your flatulency. But you're the one in contempt!
1: I'm the... Alright, this has gone on far enough. I think it's time we hand it over to a jury of your peers.
0: Ah, yes. The townsfolk of Bottom's End. Our town. My town. My dearest peers, do you recall what made our town great? Spaghetti Saturdays. Happy out, yield in. On the
2: weekends when that cover band, Hot Stop, would come and play such hits as Quarta Vida Viva, Break You and A Groundful of Dirt. Those were the days.
0: No! None of those! Especially not that cover band, Hot Stop, that would play such hits as Sundials. Speed of sight! And that color that's kind of off yellow. You know the one that most people will paint the inside of their houses with, but won't paint their mailbox as it seems to be too on the nose?
2: Oh I love that color that's kind of off yellow. You know the one that most people will paint the inside of their houses with, but won't paint their mailbox as it seems to be too on the nose? It was a
0: top-hit! What made our town great was the fact the children once cared about the true meaning of Christmas. Ladies and gentlemen, we have truly lost our way if our seed, our offspring, nay, the droppings of Bottoms End, cannot comprehend the true reason for the festive season. And what is the true season for the festive reason? <laughs> Wise stories, of course. Stories that enrapture your dull little minds and capture your short attention spans. Stories that distract you long enough for long fingers to slip into deep pockets.
3: Hey, I don't get it.
0: Stories for very dull-witted people. Stories such as Chapter Five of the illogical, preposterous, pointless, absurd, and depressing misadventures of Detective Swag and Doctor Yeetley.
1: I object. He always starts the story in the middle and he never tells the other parts. It's almost as if he's talking to someone who isn't even here.
0: Sustain. I
1: say that. Sustain. Brilliant. Now I've lost my place. Meredith Shanks, you delectable minx, be a dear and read back the minutes for the defendant. Child, he did it. I saw
3: him. He was there.
0: That's and that's too far.
3: Too far forward. Story number three. Oh, I love that color that's kind of off.
0: We've covered that already.
3: Covered
1: already! Your Honor, what is this story about? Narrator, why well, a duo of utterly tweet faced morons who are out of their Too far forward! Too far forward! Narrator, stories such as chapter five of the illogical, preposterous, pointless, absurd, and depressive misadventures of Detective Swig and Detective you. No, week. don't let him tell another story, please! For the love of everything, Silence! Awesome. Prosecution, would you kindly discipline your plaintiff? You, narrator.
0: What is this story about? Why, a jewel of utterly twit-faced morons who are out of their depth in a loathsome and boring story. Of course... But you don't want to hear about that now, do you? It's contemptible and an utter waste of time.
1: Now wait, hold on a minute, I didn't say I wasn't interested. This... story... does it have an ending?
0: And a middle, and a start, if you can call it that.
3: But but this is how he got away with the last time! He's distracting
1: you! Silence, you spawn of the devil, or I'll hold you in contempt. Yes, get him, Judge. Get him. (laughs) Very well, narrator. You may tell the fifth part of the illogical, preposterous, pointless, absurd, and depressing misadventures of Detective Sweg and Dr. Yeatley, but keep it snappy.
0: All right, sir. Welcome, my dearest listeners, to the fifth part of the illogical preposterous, pointless, absurd and depressing misadventures of Detective Swag and Dr. Eatley. Let me take you two days hence since last we left, to a carriage trundling along a road in the imperial wilderness. As you know, if we are but to peek inside the booty of said carriage, we would find one of our so-called heroes robbing knees with an absurdly intelligent woman who couldn't possibly be interested in him in the slightest.
1: As we huddled, tussled, and conflummoxed in the boot of that hansom, I reflected on the last day and a half of our journey. If you recall, my dearest swag had elected not to join me on the quest to get to the bottom of this murderous mystery, and so here I find myself inside a hansom's booty. Thankfully, the booty was surprisingly roomy a couple of chairs, a fireplace, kitchen, bathroom, and an enormous library. Renovating carriage trunks is all the rage nowadays. In spite of our surprisingly comfortable setting, there was a rumbly in my tumbly.
2: Is there a in your tumbley?
1: I, uh, I don't believe so. The spectacular Ashley Madison, of whom, dear reader, you were more acquainted with on my last letter, glided into the carriage boots library dressed in an oversized jerkin she found in the walk-in closet by the dance hall entrance inside the boot in which we now resided. In her hands, a packet of premium redwood jerky from the Forest of Gresh.
2: Yes, it is. I heard it. Want some?
1: Oh. I I don't want to um,
2: Oh, James, Speg really did a number on you, didn't he? What? No, absolutely not I, I just, uh, well, I, I'm not a big fan of
1: tree jerky is all
2: You're drooling on your shirt um, Alright, have it your way Actually, I'm just going to leave this packet of premium redwood jerky from the Forest of Goresh Right here on the 30-foot dining table across from the petting zoo next to the pool house
1: Alright, but I'm not hungry
2: I know But if someone else were to partake of the premium redwood jerky from the Forest of Goresh that I have placed on this 30-foot dining table running alongside the elaborate water feature... These carriage drivers are well off to afford such a booty renovation. James, please. You haven't eaten in days. (sighs) Thank you. That's okay.
1: Meanwhile, on the outside of the deceptively normal-sized carriage, a handsome slow to accommodate a passing troop of characters seemingly thrown together for no reason at all.
3: Excuse me, excuse me. <clears throat> Those two handsome drivers at the of
1: that
3: I don't know. What's that telegram say? It says, take Derringer away out of town. We'll meet you by the Old Fork near the town of Solding. That's it. Hold on, let's just stop for a bit. (laughs) Ugh, he's taking a while. Ah, well, you can lead a horse to water. What? You know, lead a horse to water.
1: What's that got to do with anything?
3: Him. It's just saying something to pass the time. Do you even know what that saying means? Yeah. 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 It's like, well, you've got a horse, right? No, no,
1: no that's not what
3: it means. Oh lardy dash, smart one. What is it thou I Q level? Oh great and noble scholar.
1: No, 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 no. Don't demean me for being smarter
3: than you, yo. At least this oath can read. Oh, yeah, I can read. Oh yeah. Read this then. Well, I uh.
1: That's obviously a um. <clears throat> That's a D, that is, yeah, D. Meanwhile, on the inside of the deceptively spacious boot, our ears pricked and our hackles were raised. What's going...
2: Why do you stop talking?
1: Oh, uh, Swag usually cuts me off by that point.
3: Oh, James.
2: I can hear them. Something
3: about reading. I knew it. You have no idea what it said. I told you it's the K for cloud.
1: Who's this then?
4: Who left this small bit of rope here on the ground? I've told you a million times, I don't want to trip. Ahem, gentlemen. I assume you are the drivers who have been bestowed the great honor of delivering to me the ornate golden star with the upside-down triangle engraved on the front that fell off the a tree and into... into someone's hands. Eh? What? Who am I, I hear you ask? No, we didn't... My tale is far too long to tell in such a short meeting. Phew. Thank God. Close call. But if you insist... <clears throat> my name is... Big Balls. RICHARD where is With a C.
2: I am mayor of Dunzelding. Oh, no. Aren't you gonna ask me why this just got a little bit worse for us?
1: Oh, sorry, I'm not used to being allowed to ask questions. That's once a once-in-a-day sort of request, keep my boy.
2: By the blood of a virgin, James. That's horrible. We have to get out. <laughs> Damn, how do we get out of here?
1: I think there was a door I assumed to lead outside. I saw it in the wine cellar, three corridors down from the theater room.
4: Excellent, James. You're a genius. And a half woman at once. She was an amputee. Uh, <gasps> and the proud owner of a camel named George.
1: <sighs> Almost there. Just a few more corridors.
4: Generous, beautiful, handsome, cuddly, a cunning linguist. And most importantly, the owner of the largest bulls in all the empire. Uh. Uh. They sit aloft on my mantelpiece in Dunselding Hall. Glorious things, a wonderful shade of blue. Now, let us get this transaction underway, so I may prepare the gift for our master. Ah yes, the master, our boss. Usually I talk more about our boss, might say his name, give some exposition on who he might be or whether he has a weakness that has plagued him such as an allergic reaction to latex, or a distinguishing feature such as a scar above his left buttock. But alas, I do not have time for such things. Now hop to! Retrieve this star with the upside-down triangle engraved on the front that will now fall out of your rear and into my hands!
3: What well, I sword. Oh no, come across something you can't read, have you? oversized shirt? The one you
4: got for me this Christmas past, it's... it's gone. Did you say an oversized shirt? The one that you got me this Christmas past, it's gone? Hmm? An overly-sized shirt? Yes, that seemingly insignificant detail can only mean one thing. Ahem. <clears throat> <clears throat> I
2: know you're out there. Damn, how did he know? I guess the jig is up. Wait, wait,
4: wait, 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 look.
2: Hello gentlemen.
3: gentlemen, have, have you the time, time to speak for our Lord and Savior, Savior Cthulhu. Cthulhu? An ancient one's witness.
4: If a missing oversized shirt in your trunk means anything else, I'd like to see someone prove it. My dear witness. Oh, blessed,
0: blessed be the, the kickin' tentacle, hook.
4: Hook. Yes, yes, blessed be. But what is with your cap on backwards? Wow. Well, a cap on backwards is a in seemingly insignificant detail. That can only mean one thing. <clears throat> All right, you've had your fun. Come on out. What? How could he? Oh, uh,
2: he's good. We better come forward. Wait,
4: wait, 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 wait. I might have known. Hey, Pastor Farian.
3: Wow. Big Balls is incredible. Would you like to ask him if he can teach you to read? Couple of syllables, a sentence? Oh, oh that was close. You're right. Yes. It's
1: just your perfume, it's quite strong.
4: Sacro Alright, let's pack up and be on a What <sighs> What is it? You have to keep your voice down. I'm trying to smell. That smell is a seemingly insignificant detail that can only mean one thing. Ashley! Ashley, he's just sniffing. Ashley? Where did you go? Ah! This smell is gone. It matters not! Let us be off. Fagioli, witness. Crab that ornate golden star with a very irregular upside-down triangle them from the front that fell out of the trunk into their hands and put it in my rear end. We must return home and prepare for our master, post-haste.
3: What are we going to do now?
1: Town of Duns things close by. Got some nice touristy
3: features. Let me guess. You're going to tell me you read about it in the paper with some of your fantastic reading skills.
1: You know, I only suggested it because it also has a lovely bed and breakfast, but if you're going to be rude to me on our three-year
3: anniversary, you can just forget it. I'm sorry, hey, hey, I'm sorry.
1: Ashley! Ashley! Hey!
2: Ah. Sorry, I thought you'd be safer if I were far enough away. I've read about Big Balls before. He's a very dangerous man. Aren't you going to say anything?
1: Oh, sorry. Usually whenever Swag makes an assessment like that, he follows it up with a story from the war. I'm not entirely sure he's ever fought in a war.
2: Your Swag is an odd fellow. What is it? This town reminds me of the one I grew up in. It's very cosy... But it's got a funny feel to it. Something's a little off.
1: Yes, you're right, it feels very strange. Like we're being watched.
2: There, get down.
4: What have I told you about being out after sunrise? Do you want everything we've worked so hard to accomplish destroyed?
3: But we were hungry.
0: How are we Quiet! to know the drivers and our passengers were off the menu?
4: Quiet! I,
0: what did you say? We had not eaten in days, man. When are we going to get a feed? No,
4: the passengers. There were no passengers aboard their Handsome. And you said they had passengers. Thanks to your blood like senses, we now have a small insignificant detail that can mean only one thing. Curious. Very curious indeed.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Quiet! Only I may laugh. This is intriguing, most intriguing. Take the ornate golden star with the upside down triangle engraved in the front that fell out of the booty of that handsome and into your hands inside my estate, where it shall rest atop my grand oak table until I prepared for the master. Dr. Fox? Who? Just never, you mind. And keep that rope out of my way. What should we do,
2: James? I I'm not sure. Yes, you are. What do we do? Don't think, just answer. What do we do? Go.
1: Alright. We wait until nightfall, hop the back fence and make our way over to the porch. Next, we must look for a way up. That trellis three feet from the ground should act as a perfect ladder to the fourth floor.
4: They sit aloft on my matter.
1: Big balls will be admiring his big balls in his office and won't be paying attention to the window that looks out onto the backyard. These old houses often have ventilation shafts leading to the outside. We find the nearest one on the fourth floor and squeeze through when detected. Following that, we must distract him. A scrap of your blouse doused in your perfume tied to a rock thrown down the stairs should buy us enough time to sneak into his office, find out why this star is so important, get out, squeeze back through the shaft, descend the trellis, hop the fence, and make our way back into that tavern over there to wait for all of this to blow over.
2: That sounds like a great plan. Let's go to that tavern over there and wait until the perfect time to strike.
3: We covered ourselves up in our cloaks and sauntered into the tavern. Unsurprisingly, it was completely empty, save for two pints of lager, sloshing gently as if someone had just set them down in a hurry. Needless to say, we didn't touch the draughts. As we sat there in a dank corner of the bar, I couldn't help but feel incredibly guilty, mainly because I'd done my homie bad. Swag was the light of my life, the apple of my eye, the reason for life to continue, his wonderful bass, his glorious set of wooden teeth. What are you doing?
1: This episode doesn't have enough meat in it. That's because it's my episode. Go get your own. Fine. I couldn't help but feel incredibly guilty. Not for my dear Swag this time. No, for Ashley. Here was a woman, another human being, who in spite of my lack of backbone and Swag's ignorance was still here, trying to do the right thing and solve this mystery with me. I promised myself, loquacious or otherwise, I would come up with an apology worthy of such misdeeds while we were high on alert, as we waited for nightfall in that dingy, dark tavern.
2: James. James. Psst. Time to wake up. Who?
1: Who? Oh, I'm sorry. I must have dozed off.
2: I think it's time. The sun's about to set, and the lights are starting to be lit. We don't know what's out there, but there seems to be a lot of movement.
1: All right, let's cover ourselves so as not to arouse suspicion. We pushed the heavy tavern doors open and out into the streets. Even though there were sounds of life, there wasn't a soul in sight. Street lanterns were being lit as if by an invisible lamp lighter. The hairs would leap from the neck na- by neck if they could. Over to our left, near the town square, rambunctious doings were transpiring. We crept slowly towards the other side of the street near to the mayor's vault to state, daring not to raise our eyes lest we catch a glimpse of what truly was going on around us.
2: What was that? I'm not sure, but I have a feeling that we don't want to find out. We have to keep moving.
1: Right. To the trellis. (sighs) Ashley, I, uh... I want to tell you something.
2: If it's an apology for what occurred two days ago, I don't want to hear it. But, but, But I... Forget it, James. That's not what I need, and it isn't what you need either.
1: I, uh... I don't understand.
2: You will? (laughs) At some point. You'll get it. Now, quiet. I think that's his window right there.
1: We peered closer to the large window right there, and indeed it was his. The mayor, I mean. I didn't have long to ponder what Ashley had said, for no sooner she had mentioned the window, the large hulking frame of the right honourable mayor Big Balls, with a Z, had trundled towards it.
2: What do we do now? I'm sure there's something around here.
1: There! I found a vent we can squeeze through.
2: Excellent work, James. You know, I'm not sure I'm quite used to
1: being complimented like this
2: I know, watching you squirm is hilarious I do mean it though, you're much smarter than Swag gives you credit Well, Here's the exit Are you ready?
1: Absolutely not, are you?
2: As ready as I'll ever be
1: Alright, let's have at it You alright?
2: I'm fine, let's go Ah
1: No sooner had we stepped out, but we had made our first and most grievous mistake of the evening, and we felt the ramifications in the form of a club on the back of our heads. The room tilted as I saw Ashley fall away before everything caved in to utter darkness. Oh, oh my head. Ashley! Ashley! Ashley, where are you?
4: She's right behind you, dear boy. Ah, you're awake. I... Who left this in here? Witness? Fagioli? There's a small bit of rope just lying on the floor. Uh, I could have tripped. God. Uh, Mm. Please don't bother straining yourselves. You make me feel horrid for tying you up in the first place. So let us go. Dear boy, when have you ever heard of a man letting intruders off the hook? On his own property, no less. Why, that reminds me of my time on the Silk Road. It was hell. Just like the war. We had set up camp for the night along the winding road outside of Pokhara. This
2: is all my fault. I have a plan.
1: I should have known. If Swig were here, he would have warned us not to go up on the trellis in the first place. Well,
4: he's not. We're in trouble, James. And you, my dear. You were the one I smelled down by the main road earlier today. I have a fantastic sense of smell. Jealous? Not in the slightest. <laughs> It matters not. Now that you have a little context, how did you manage to find yourself on my land? Inside my house and underneath my balls? Yes, those balls above you on the mantelpiece, they're mine. I own them. They're magnificent and cute.
2: We're not telling you.
4: Oh, well, that's a shame. I suppose we'll be eating you now, then.
2: Uh, sorry, what?
4: Eating you. We will be eating you. I'm afraid we're both out of this joke. Oh, there's there's no joke. Have you ever heard of fish people? Oh, Innsmouthers? Yes, yes, that's us! Ever since Innsmouth port went under, we've moved here. Oh, of course! How
1: did we not see it before? The invisible townsfolk that can't be seen until the moon is out, the rotten smell of fish...
4: I take offense at that!
1: And the... wait, how come you weren't invisible?
4: Oh, because we eat people, yes! A common side effect for carnivorous innsmouthers. We eat people, gain incredible amounts of inhuman strength, speed, agility, and <laughs> and we become visible.
2: We're happy for you. Thank
1: you. Well, no need to make a meal of us. All we want to know is where the star with the upside down triangle engraved from the front that fell off the tree and into someone's hands that ended up in your rear end and is now sitting atop your ornate oak desk in the corner is going.
4: Oh! You want to know where the star with the upside-down triangle engraved on the front that fell off the tree and into someone's hands that ended up in my rear end and is now sitting atop my ornate oak desk in the corner is going? Yes.
2: We really need to know where the star with the upside-down triangle engraved on the front that fell off the tree and into someone's hands that ended up in your rear end and is now sitting atop your ornate oak desk in the corner is going because it's tied to a murder investigation in the city.
4: Oh, well. I don't know about all of that. What a horrible thing to have happened. Murder. Absolutely atrocious. Well, Rest assured, delicious people, the Inn's Mouth has had nothing to do with it! It's just a present, on its way to my humble master at Brixton Rock!
1: Oh, well, uh, thank you for that information, sir.
4: No problem, exposition is my specialty. Uh, well, it's time for us to go, I think. No, no, we'll still be eating you.
3: I still while I just look my jaw.
4: Lean back!
3: The chairs, they're broken. My lovely chairs. They were given
0: given to me by by the South Alaska. Alaska. You rude meanies. Ah, jealous? Run! Oh, running, are
3: we? I can do a little little exercise before before dinner. I I think I get it
1: now. What? I I get it now. You didn't want me to make anything up to you. And? I'm tiring
0: tiring of this
1: game. game. Come here. Or or apologise to you. You you just wanted to be treated like a human
3: being. Got you, run!
2: Large dark chamber at the center of the mansion.
3: Coming I, Oops. No, my flying machine that <laughs> was given to me by Maharaja. <laughs> no way! is the same flying machine I saw above our apartment the fateful day in the city! Don't you dare get on board! Quick! Get on board! <laughs> Don't you dare go to the cockpit! <laughs> to the cockpit! Don't <laughs> you dare go <do> preliminary flight safety <laughs> check!
2: Rudders? Check! Air pressure? Check! Balloon stability, rotors? Check! Check!
3: And above all, don't you dare take off with my ship!
2: Lift off! figured it out, huh?
1: Yes. I was thrown at first because you were written a lot like a failed Beckdale test, just with a deeper voice. But after the last episode, when I realized that you don't need me to apologize to you, or for you, you just need me to listen.
2: Like I said, James, you're not as dumb as swag makes you out to be.
4: Oh, so touching! I know this is the point in the story where a villain might be sarcastic about that, but I really do mean it. I'm so happy for you. You've really grown as a person. Well, I'm hungry. Time to gobble you up. No, no, no.
2: Hey, big balls. <laughs> what, what, what are you,
4: are you doing, doing, doing holding one, one of my- Big balls.
1: balls! Aha, got you now, fish face. And I won't help because I respect Ashley as a person.
2: A- actually, I could use a hand.
3: Oh, well, yes, of course. Not, Not so bad bad bad, fast, you little English bad muffin. muffin. Whoa, wait. You scratched me!
0: Oh, oh I'm, I'm dreadfully sorry, sorry, my dear Montreux, I didn't know my own strength. Now, now stay out of trouble over there while I deal with your
3: girlfriend. <laughs> ah!
2: James!
1: Ah, it's it's alright. I'm holding on to the railing. Oh, we're very high up. I think we're over the snowy mountains.
2: Hold on! I'm coming! Get
3: into my mouth! oh nom no nom! No. I can't hold on much longer!
2: Almost there! Here comes, comes
0: the Evelyn!
2: Grab my hand! Yeah. Got you!
0: Got you! Got you. Oh, oh no! A small a small bit bit my only weakness!
3: Wow! Ashley! James, no!
1: To do ah, ah, oh, that's a lot, that's a lot of blood. Oh, that's a lot of my blood. Oh, my dear, you what have you done? The train has left us, the horses are gone. Detective Swag, oh, oh dear lord, I see, I see a light. Everything else is so much darker.
3: Is this the end? No, no, it can't be. Hey, hello, is anyone there?
0: And that, dear listeners, is the end of episode 5 of the illogical, preposterous, pointless, absurd, and depressing misadventures of Detective Swag and Dr. Yeetley.
3: What, that's it? Is that all? What? Order! What? Order!
2: This
1: is stupid! We will have order. Don't Blast it all! Yes. Come on. Hi guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this most recent episode of The Illogical, Preposterous, Pointless, Absurd and Depressing Misadventures of Detective Swake and Dr Yeetley. Uh, we have a lot of people to thank, mainly the same people from last time. <laughs> we have uh, Scotty who helped bring a few of the characters to life. Uh, Tish Bryan who also helped out and played the role of Ashley Madison for us, she did a fantastic job. Uh, Also Kevin McLeod for his free music on YouTube and all of the other musical artists that we have uh, been fortunate enough to get music from free on YouTube. Uh, All that stuff. Fantastic. Uh, And me, because I'm the writer, the editor and the director of this this ridiculous production. Um, If you want to give money or anything like that, we can't get you guys to do that because that would be illegal. It's entirely and absolutely 100% free and that's the way we like it. If you want to donate your services, however, we would love to hear from you. Suggestions, questions, comments, uh, even if you've got like an original song you want to do for us, that's fine by me and I'm sure Scotty would agree. Um, Just send us an email or a message at weMoviesfeedback, one word, at gmail.com or slide into those DMs on Insta or Facebook. We would love to hear from you guys. Until next time, I've been Jordan Pierce, and I hope you guys have a fantastic uh, probably 12 months until you see another episode. Thanks, guys. See ya.